0: Welcome to the Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Follow along with the message by downloading our app, available for both Apple and Android phones. And now, for our message. Good morning, everybody. He's risen. Uh, oh, you didn't hear. I'll say it more authoritatively. He is risen. Good job. Absolutely. He has risen indeed. Thank you for being here this morning. If you're visiting Grace, we want to say thanks for being a part of this morning's gathering. If you're not visiting Grace and this is home, we appreciate you just as much as all those visitor people. So thank you for being here as well. If you're watching online, we're grateful that you're here with us this morning as well. Um, so many of you look nice. Would you turn to the person next to you and say that you look really nice this morning? You really do. You look really good. Thank you. I. I thought I looked nice, but I was walking through the foyer before the first service and um, a gentleman who's a friend, well, he was, he said to me, he said to me, hey, Pastor Tim, you look like a little green Easter egg. And I had to admit when checking myself in the mirror afterward, he was probably right. I'm kind of shaped like a little green Easter egg, so... Yeah, he won't be getting a Christmas card, but that's all right. We're doing a series of messages that Easter falls into, and it is called Paradox. I want to tell you what a paradox is in case you're not sure what that actually means. Paradox is this. It's a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement that when investigated... Or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. Quick example, last week was Palm Sunday. We call that the triumphant or the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. But it really is a paradox because it's not actually a triumphant entry. It's more like Jesus moving to death row. Because five days after he moves into Jerusalem, he is executed on Good Friday. It's a paradox. It seems contradictory. I want to pray with you this morning as we open God's word and ask him to help us to understand and to transform us by the word that we look at this morning. Can we do that? Would you close your eyes right where you are? Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand the word of God and that as we understand it, it would change our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 28, if you have your Bible or a device, Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read it to you in case you would prefer to hear the word that way this morning. Matthew chapter 28 is the account in the gospel of Matthew of the resurrection. Each of the gospel writers has an account of the resurrection. This is Matthew. Starting in verse 1, it says this. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly. And tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Mary and the other Mary. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Wouldn't it be terrible to be remembered in all of Scripture as the other Mary? But that's who she is. Mary and the other Mary... Go to the tomb. We know from Mark chapter sixteen that they were there to anoint Jesus' body. They come a couple of days later, they come from Good Friday to Easter Sunday morning, resurrection Sunday morning. They had been there because there was no embalming process or anything like that. So they were they were wanting to put more spices so that the smell of his corpse would not be as as bad. And they were even talking, wondering how they were going to get this stone out of the way to be able to get to the tomb, get into the tomb. And if Matthew's account is chronological, then Mary and Mary were present at the tomb when there was a great earthquake. It was this amazing earthquake that shook the ground and an angel came down from heaven and, it ro- and he rolled the stone away. And then the text says kind of humorously, and then he sat on the, the stone that had been rolled away. And it says that the, the, the soldiers that were there were so afraid they became like dead men. They fell over, they passed out. And Mary and the other Mary are standing there watching these things. They're looking at an angel who has has dressed in clothing that makes him look as white as snow. It says his appearance was like lightning. And they're standing there in front of him, and the angel says four things to them. Number one, he says, do not be afraid, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Do not be afraid. The soldiers were so afraid, they passed out. But these two women, which this is a real plug for women, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, they probably thought, I've seen it all, whatever. I'm just going to stand here and watch. They, they stand there. They see this whole thing take place. The angel says, don't be afraid. He says, I know you're seeking Jesus. He is not here. He has risen, just like he had told you. And he says, come, see, and see where his body lay. Come, get confirmation. We know from God's, John's gospel that all of the clothes that Jesus wore, the, the grave clothes that he was wrapped in, the head cloth that was wrapped around his face, were all there inside of the tomb. The angel says, come, look, here it is. Here's where he was. He's not here anymore. And then the angel gives the ladies an assignment. Go and tell his disciples. Go and tell his disciples that he'll meet them in Galilee. Such a neat thing that ladies, in a culture that did not honor women anywhere near where we do today, ladies were the ones who first heard about the resurrection of Jesus. Ladies were the ones commissioned by the angel to go and tell the men that Jesus was alive. It's an amazing, amazing thing. They showed up there, probably expecting it to be very calm and quiet. Because think about it. Where where they are, all of these wonderful things that take place, all took place in what is the ancient equivalent of a cemetery. And when you go to a cemetery, you kind of know what you're getting into, right? I mean, when you go to a cemetery, it's going to be quiet. It's going to be somber. This particular cemetery... This particular cemetery was actually in the same place where Jesus was crucified. John chapter 19 says that where he was crucified, there was a tomb. They didn't transport Jesus' body to the other side of town. It all was in the same place. It's possible that the Lord Jesus himself saw the tomb that he would be buried in from the cross. It's all that same area. So these ladies come expecting it to be quiet, expecting it to be somber, expecting it to be, to be pretty um, controlled and, and sobering. It was predictable that they would be there and it would be quiet, pretty dull. It was predictable that it would be a place of mourning, that it would be a place where they would grieve. And they get to this predictable and, and sad place, and then what they see instead is this amazing surprise in this celebration that takes place. It is not quiet or respectable at all. It is absolutely loud and glorious what goes on in this cemetery, in this graveyard. In Genesis chapters 1 and 2, God makes the heavens and the earth, and he makes a place for people to live. That first place that people lived was called Eden, and it was a garden. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east where he put the man whom he had formed. He also put the woman whom he had formed as well. And in that garden, God placed a man and a woman who were perfect in an environment that was absolutely perfect. Everything that a man and a woman could desire was there in the garden. And God gave Adam one job. You know the expression, right? You had one job. This was his one job. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 says this, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And of course, we know what happened They ignored what God said, and they did it their way. Did you know that the problems of our world, all of them in total, have all been caused by the same thing, by people doing it their way? When we do it our way, we mess it up. They were the first to experience this. And so because they chose to disobey, death corrupted not just their lives, but the entire human race. All of that perfection was destroyed. The perfection of man, the perfection of woman, and the perfection of that garden And because they listened to the voice of the enemy instead of the voice of the father, they exchanged all of that wonderful provision for lack. They exchanged his blessing for a curse. They exchanged eternal life for death. And probably the most heartbreaking part of it all is that Adam and Eve exchanged their relationship, the one that they had with the father, for distance. They became estranged from the God that loved them. And all of this took place in this beautiful, perfect garden. Mary and Mary are standing before the tomb in a cemetery where the second Adam, that's what the book of Romans calls Jesus, the second Adam repairs all of the damage done by the first Adam. On Good Friday, through unimaginable pain and loss, Jesus chose to obey. Adam only had one thing that he had to do. Jesus had to obey everything and did so perfectly At Christ's obedience, all of the lack that came into the race because of Adam and Eve's sin became provision. All of that curse that it says in Genesis chapter 3 that came upon all people was turned into blessing. And, of course, death was swallowed up in life. At the resurrection and for the first time since Adam and Eve's decision to rebel against God, for the first time at the resurrection of Jesus, hope was restored that through Jesus, every person, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl on the planet for all times could be restored to a relationship with God the Father, the God who loves them. Think of it. Death moved from being a possibility. Adam was told by God, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. It was a possibility. Death went from being a possibility to being a certainty in the garden. The perfect garden became this eternal crime scene Eden was a symbol of loss and death. It literally became a cemetery. But on resurrection morning, imagine it with me, on resurrection morning, when Jesus' body that was laying in that tomb started to get warm and then maybe his eyes flickered a little bit and then his eyes opened and he sat up and he walked out of that tomb. When that took place, hope was restored. And an eternal imperishable life was given to us that we can access to have relationship with God the Father. When sin corrupted humanity, Eden was turned into a cemetery. And when Jesus rose from the dead, a a cemetery turned into a garden of eternal life and hope. Why do we sing these songs why do we celebrate? Why does, why does joy fill our hearts? Why do we have hope beyond all circumstances? It's because of this paradox that Christ's obedience, the place of death, becomes a place of life forever and for everyone. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 9, the next chapter in that, I'm sorry, the next verse in that chapter, it says this. It says, Behold, Jesus met them. This is the two Marys. He met them When they were leaving the tomb, he met them, and he said to them, Greetings, and they came up, and they took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. He speaks to them, they come to him, they grasp his feet, they worship him. Their faith in the resurrection is a little bit easier than ours. They saw empty tomb, and five minutes later, seemingly, they turn around and they're seeing the one that was inhabiting it before they're able to grab a hold of him and worship him and they have this conversation and Jesus tells them what to do we read about their encounter in the flesh but our encounter is always by faith we see the empty tomb as well but we don't but we don't get to touch him in the flesh but our ability to encounter the living Jesus is no less real it is every bit as much real for us now as it was for them Jesus' words at another resurrection speak to us today. Before he raised his friend Lazarus from the grave, this is what Jesus said. As a matter of fact, would you read this with me out loud? Here we go. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question of the day. Do you believe this? Do we believe him? When we look into the empty tomb, do we believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Do we believe that if we have faith, that we will never die? That's the question. If we do believe that, then we get the gift of eternal life. We experience a hope that is restored. All of the graveyards become gardens. We don't have to fear sin or death anymore because Christ has made us free from both. In the kingdom of God, every paradox is an invitation to believe. Do we believe? Do you believe? Last week I was talking to my daughter. She's a school teacher, high school teacher in Maryland. And one of the students that was in her school passed away suddenly, a senior. It's tragic, tragic. She had the younger sister in one of her classes, and so I asked her, I said, Beck, did you you go to the funeral? And she said, yes, I I went to the funeral, um, and she said, Dad, and this is what, I wrote it down because it was so poignant. She said, Dad, it was the darkest, most depressing experience that I have had in years. And I said, why? What was, I mean, of course, when a young person passes away, that's always very moving, usually lots and lots of other people that are, I said, why was it so dark though? And she said, dad, there was no mention of God. There was no mention of faith. There was no mention of life. There was no hope. It was just mourning without hope. It was just loss without meaning. And we've been to funerals like that. You've been to funerals that you just think, my goodness, these poor people, they've got nowhere to turn. They've got no sense of perspective on what is happening here. It's all loss and no gain. Many of you have also been to a different kind of funeral. You've been to a a funeral of a saint, and when I say saint, I don't mean a perfect person. Turn to the person next to you and say, he doesn't mean a perfect person. You know what the saints are? The saints are the forgiven ones, the ones who have believed like this passage says. We've been to those funerals, haven't we? I mean, it's not that there's no tears there. It's not that there's no sense of loss or pain or grief. Absolutely, all of those things are there. But the grief is different, right? We don't grieve like those who have no hope. There's peace there. There's expectation there. There's even joy at a funeral. To me, those moments feel like Easter Sunday morning. Yes, there's a sense of loss, but death and pain don't have the final say. Jesus does. The difference between the two funerals is the absence or the presence of faith. The answer to the question, do you believe? Now, if you have come into a relationship with Christ, and I'm sure that's many Most people that are here this morning, if you have come into a relationship with Jesus, if you have believed, then I can tell you what your funeral is going to be like. And I'm not hoping it happens soon, but when it does happen, we will cry and we will weep and we'll be sad, but we will be joyful and we will have peace and we will have expectation because death doesn't have the final say for the believer because in Christ, we resurrect with him. Jesus said, because I rise again, because I'm alive, you will be alive also. We get to be with him. So no matter how awful it gets, no matter how difficult life is, no matter how how dark this planet becomes, we have joy, we have hope, we have life. But there are maybe other people here this morning, and I want you just to, I want you just to think about this. There are probably people here this morning that don't have that hope, that don't have that joy, that don't have that sense that that when their time is up, whether it is a short time or a long time, that when their time on earth is through, they don't know for sure that they would be with Christ in heaven. They don't have, their funeral, as it were, would not be one filled with peace. It would be dark. And if that's you, I just want to say this to you this morning. If that's you, today is your day. You don't have to do anything except believe. Jesus says, do you believe it? He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he says to Lazarus' sister, do you believe it? Do you believe me? The Lord says the exact same thing to us this morning. As we look at the empty tomb, we can't reach out and touch Jesus' feet like those two Marys did. But he still says to us, do you believe it? If you believe it, You could make a decision this morning to follow Christ that would be the greatest, I am not exaggerating, the single greatest decision you'd ever make in your entire life. Frankly, it's the only decision that matters in light of eternity. All you need to do is believe. And because you're here this morning, because we're celebrating life, I want to give you the opportunity in prayer in just a moment to believe. Wherever you're at with God, whatever you've experienced, however difficult it's been, however painful it's been up to this point, the Lord says to you this morning, trust me, believe. Trust me, believe. Would you close your eyes? Just for a moment, I wanna pray with you. If you're sitting here in this room this morning, you're watching online, and uh, you do not have the hope of the resurrection personally. You are not in Christ, and therefore when your time to pass comes you don't have a hope of being united with him in heaven, then I want you just to pray with me the prayer that I'm about to pray. I don't want you to say it after me. I want you to pray it from your heart. This is between you and the Lord right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. And for those of us that know you, for those of us that have expressed faith, for those of us that believe, Lord, this is a great day of celebration. It's a great day of reminder that death and sin do not win because you have won the victory. We're so grateful for that. And Lord, the only thing for us, those of us here that are following you, the only thing that would make this day better is that those who might be listening right now who don't know you say yes to you and trust you and believe on you. It says in the book of Acts, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Lord, I pray right now right as we're praying, right as we're just in this holy place, that you would cause someone's heart to turn to you, that they would cry out from their heart, God, save me, forgive me. That they would cry out from their heart, Lord, everything that you did on Good Friday, all of that punishment, Lord, it was for me, and I I accept that sacrifice by faith. Cleanse me, make me whole, wash me. May the blood of Jesus be applied to my life because I believe. I believe. Father, I pray that as people are praying that prayer, as they're turning to you, even right now, that, Lord, you would seal them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would place your hand upon them. Lord, that you would move them into a new place, move them into a new new season of life. Lord, that you would transform their relationships. You would transform their thinking. You would transform every single part of their existence. I pray for them, Lord. That this morning of new life, this morning of rebirth, this morning of resurrection is theirs. Lord, may they never, ever, ever, ever turn, turn away, turn back, doubt that you have touched them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to bless you speak a blessing over you in just a moment. Before I do, if you prayed this morning from your heart and you sought the Lord, you called on the name of Jesus, I want to tell you, according to the scriptures, you're born again. You're a different person. Whether you feel like a different person or not, you're a different person. And we want to help you grow. We want to help you follow Jesus. This isn't about Grace Church. Go to any church that, that follows the Bible and you'll be in a good place. It doesn't have to be here, but it has to be somewhere. And we want to help you find that place. So in your Grace Guides and on the app, there's a connection card where you can let us know that you've accepted Christ, that you prayed that prayer. We will follow up with you because we care about you and want you to, want you to get connected to the family of God and continue to grow in your walk. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, that sounds like a pretty good deal. It is a good deal. It's the best deal. Would you extend your hands in front of you? I want to bless you in the name of the Lord before you go. Grace Church family and friends, may you be blessed as you take up your cross and follow Jesus. May you be blessed as you lose your life in him so that you can truly find it. May you be blessed as the Lord goes before you and covers you from behind. May you be blessed as he walks along the left side of you and the right side of you. May you be blessed as he covers you with his feathers and wings from above and undergirds you with the everlasting arms. May you be blessed in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message made a difference in your life. If you would like more information about Grace Church, visit us on the web at grace417.com or connect with us by filling out a connection card on our app.